everyone, and welcome to part two of Tea with Coco, the European-American interview with Tammy Herr. So we left off talking a little bit about the division of labor, and we're going to pick up right there, throwing in a little bit about what she thinks of European habits versus American and her suggestions for women just starting out in their careers now. And with that, we'll get back to the interview with Tammy Herr. Which is, oh, what do you do? I hate that. I hate that, right? It's a very American thing, too. I, it's a complete faux pas in Europe for you to ask anybody what they do for a living, even more so to talk about, you know, financially, where they are at. Yes. You don't even ask if people are married in Europe because yes. maybe they're not. Yes. Right? So those roles are all complete. It's just, it doesn't exist over there like that. Love Not like that. it does here. I love that. I, I, I loved that about here. Europe. Oh, by the way, in Europe, I never felt the same way I do here in the U.S. about being a woman and having to pay for something. Isn't that interesting? Well, And most of the environments I was in were all men. Well, and Germany is one of the only countries that has a very strong female leader. Angela Becker is the chancellor, That's true. right? That's true. So even before the U.S., I think Ireland may have been before them. They had a, a female leader before that. But, I mean, very – and she is no nonsense, right? I mean, yeah, nobody's going to mess with her. And I, I think, again, it's not the same idea over there. If you ask them about it, they would probably be confused. Yeah. You know, like yeah. what – what yeah. do you mean? I wonder why that is. You know, I used to think, okay, why is it that when I repatriated, almost immediately, I felt it. I felt it almost immediately, sitting in a meeting room, all guys, and... We're puritanical countries founded by ex-puritans that were trying mm-hmm. to be way more zealous than anybody wanted. I well, mean... That makes sense. But, as, and, you know, we talked yesterday a little bit. You were, you were talking about, you know, one of the other female colleagues you've observed throughout your years at HP, um, you know, and had, had done very well. And you said, you know, she was able to use her sexuality to get there. And yes. I think in, a, in the United States, anytime a woman went up very quickly through the system, it was always, she snuck her way to the top. Yep. You know? Yep. Or, you know, like, oh, it's because she has big boobs. Or, yep. you know, she's working yep. at... Look what she wears. Look what she wears. Mm-hmm. And even as women, that's what mm-hmm. we talk about. Yes. And that's what we reference. Yes. And that is, that is so non-existent in Europe, not only because fashion over there is already on another level mm-hmm. to be taken. What is the line from a working girl? To be taken seriously, you have to have serious hair. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. It, you know yeah. for them, that's not something that's a part of, of the workplace culture. It's a part of the actual social culture. Mm-hmm. So everybody's mm-hmm. going to dress very sleek and mm-hmm. stylish and fashionable and that's just the way they are. So that part's taken out of the equation. Yeah. And female sexuality isn't suppressed over there mm. like it is over here. Yes. Day. So it's like the only variable left in the equation is they yeah. must actually be good at their fucking job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's my detention. <laughs> I, you know what? I think that is so true. Yeah. That is so true. And it's sad but true that part of that is the patriarchal culture that we live in. Speaking of what you mentioned earlier, you know, the environment we're living in now. Oh my gosh, you know? The Me Too movement putting a lot of... Yeah, and it's, you know, it's a challenge 
I've seen this countless times for women. It's, some, it's interesting about women, myself included, where through the years I have observed, instead of supporting one another, we compete with each other. And there can only be one woman executive, right? I, yeah, it's really weird. Now, I have worked very hard, and I would hope every woman I've worked with throughout my entire career, I think pretty humbly they'd all say, wow, yeah, I was always very supportive and collaborative with them and not backstabbing, you know, uh, working against them. But there, I did observe this in the workplace where the women, instead of supporting one another, would, would you know, claws would come out yeah. and it would be the opposite. We'd become the they worst would, versions of ourselves. And they would yeah. be putting each other down and, and, and not bringing them up because they wanted to be the queen. And they didn't want any other queens in the, the, in the, in the, in the colony. So they were basically mean girls. Yeah. Very interesting, too. And I've seen that in, in, in AHP, too. I've seen some women rise to the top, and they weren't really interested in having other women around them. In fact, if I was around them, it was, I felt very, very clearly that it was more of a competition than a collaboration. So I think that's changing as women assume more and more I roles. I do not feel that at all. Good. I'm so happy to hear that. Well, you know, some of my good friends at work that yep. are women were very, very yep. close. That's um, awesome. Blanca and Kia. Love Kia. that. Love that. People. Well, and so then I would conclude, you know, maybe Something not totally conclusively. Something have changed. Women now are working together more. Maybe I there's more are. of you to there work are. with. There are right? more of us. So it's Management's less... Management's still pretty male. Yeah. But... So interesting. I mean, I was How also... can that in, be? In lifestyle, there was a lot of women in mm -hmm. the photo division, which mm -hmm. makes sense. You know, right. Thinking of what it is, women are the ones who put photos. Correct. Correct. So I think... That's that your a, consumer. Yeah. That was very well placed yeah. for each of the higher women to yes. go into those positions yeah. um, to design the products for ourselves. But... Again, not in my role at all, obviously, but mm -hmm. I think that that collaboration thing I felt the the women you've introduced me to, um, and you've definitely gone out of your way. Other women have gone out of their way to help young women in the company starting their careers. That's correct. Taking time to yeah. talk to me. Yes. Which leads me in. We're going to go into a section now called rapid fire. Rap, rapid fire. Okay. <laughs> not rapid fire. <laughs> <laughs> rapid. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to ask you a bunch of questions and just answer as quickly as you can. Okay. This would be interesting. What's the last album you bought? Album. Like music album. Oh, uh, Music Man. Album, meaning no. actual album that goes no. on a record player? No, just in oh. the last record you bought. <laughs> Downloaded from iTunes. Oh, okay. Bossa Nova. Okay. What is your favorite pizza topping? Pepperoni. What's your favorite word? Love. What is the last book you read, not counting the one you're reading right now, which I know is what Alice would ask? Sapiens. Bacon or Nutella? Bacon. Any day. What's your favorite dance move? Oh. I would say two-step. What is your biggest pet peeve? Clothes on the floor. Who's your favorite Disney princess? Mm. Ariel. Would you ever kiss a frog? Sure. Do you chew on your pens? 
No. What is your favorite curse word? Crap. It's like a little kid curse word. <laughs> you know, I was taught, don't ever use the F word. And the girls were like, Mom, just say fuck. <laughs> yes, that's my favorite for sure. No, I can't say that. It's terrible. And even in the workplace, I never cussed, right? And every once in a while, it would come out. Especially since Melissa says it a lot. And so I started at least trying to say it. I'd be like, <laughs> fiddly D. Fiddly D. Fiddly D. Oh, and I still say friggin' instead of fucking. But I just, I don't know. And every once in a while it'll come out. And it does kind of feel good. So. I, I feel good when I say I fuck that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, coffee or tea? Coffee. Yeah, for sure. Come on, who are we kidding? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's the last dream you remember? Oh. Last night. I woke up thinking, oh, that was a weird dream. I was trying to get myself out of somewhere and I couldn't get out. Yeah. Are you in a room, trapped? I couldn't leave. I must be. <laughs> For God's sakes, of course, I'm doing the dishes. <laughs> you just didn't want to get up because you actually <laughs> dishes. Actually, that's what happened. I was like, oh, crap, there's dishes in there. I can't go face them. <sighs> uh, what is your favorite emoji to use in text? I know what it is, I think. It's either the prayer hands or the hearts. Or the smiley faces with the heart eyes. Obviously, I don't have a favorite. But those are my three <laughs> favorites. And you always do the ones. With and the hug. hug. That's a hug. Yeah. It's a hug. I love those emojis. How do we live without them? I don't know. I could just communicate with emojis. I, Charles and I basically use bitmojis, which are those like cartoons of myself. I have to, I you have to teach me how to use I'll those. I'll make your bitmoji before we leave. Oh, yay. It's You'll so put it on my phone? I'll put it on your phone. It's so cool. Uh, um, okay. So the last couple of questions I want to ask you is what... If you could go back and talk mm -hmm. to Tammy in 1977 when you started at college or 1980 when you started at HB, if you could go back and talk to yourself, what would you tell yourself either about marriage or career or both or what was the one thing you wish you could go back that you spent so much time upset or worried about that you wish you could go back and, and read, tell yourself to, to not mm -hmm. or to do if it's a... So I would, I would say when I reflect on my life, right, uh, just in general, it would be, don't sweat the small stuff. I let things upset me that were stupid shit, right? And I would lose my temper over things that were really not that important. And I would obsess over things that were good enough. So for me, of course, it depends on the personality of the person that I'd be talking to and giving advice to. Yeah. Know yourself. Know the tendencies that you have. You know, there's Myers-Briggs. There's all these other th things you can, tests you can take now to really understand what makes you tick. And what are those tendencies you have that may not be serving you? Understand what they are and then learn how to grow beyond them 
so that you're not letting those tendencies that aren't serving you well take too much of your energy because it just goes by so quickly. So I look back, you know, 40 years ago, before I was married, as I was entering college, going into college, I was like, you know, it is really true, and it's so simple. Each day at a time, don't look too far back, don't look too far forward. Take the days, appreciate them, love yourself more than anything, so you can love other people more than anything. And for a perfectionist like myself, don't beat yourself up. Or what do you wish you had done more of? So, oh my gosh, I've done so much. <laughs> I mean, you could say sleep. <laughs> no, I think sleep is okay. I think I sleep was good. I was usually a good sleeper. Uh, until I went through menopause. <laughs> that sucked. <laughs> but just when you think you've gotten over the bad stuff with your skin breakdown. This is a hard question for me because I think to myself, I've done so much. I have lived such an amazing, blessed, abundant life filled with love and excitement and travel and beautiful people and a wonderful marriage and wonderful children. What would I have done more of? I think, and I'm thinking of the book I'm reading, you know, what Alice forgot. Um, I would have, like, for example, when the kids were growing up and I had to get the dinner made or the house cleaned before I go to the housekeeper. <laughs> and I needed to get it done that day. And I would give the girls something to do to keep them busy, you know. And they may come up and say, Mom, you want to play? You know what? I should say, okay, let's go play. So, you know. Because you won't get those moments back. You won't get those moments back. So, yeah, what do, what do I wish I would have done more, more of? That was a long roundabout way of saying I probably would have played more with my kids. I'm not very good at playing with kids, let's just face it. I, I... <laughs> I, I would disagree with that. Oh, good. Okay, because I think, I wow. think we did art projects and well, that's did true. music and... Yeah, that, see, but that, I guess playing with kids, by that I mean there's no art, there's no, there's no musical... And you read us stories growth. and I mean... There's like, just go sit in the backyard in the dirt and build a dirt pile. I mean, it's like accomplish nothing, just play. Just play for the sake of playing. You know, and yeah, I just wish I did more of that. Even to this day, I wish I played more. I wish I played more. Just have the childlike mindset. Is that why we go to Disney so much? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going on Thursday, by the way. I, know, you? <laughs> I love Disney. Oh my God. Yes. It helps yes. me play. It helps me play. It helps me play. Because otherwise, I get up and I think, I have to do this, 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 and then I'll have breakfast. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And then even now, this is so embarrassing to say, I'm retired from HP. It's like tomorrow. I don't really have to accomplish anything. I will probably accomplish 23, 20 things. Okay. I get up. I'm like, <laughs> have my coffee. Go to my project planner, which, oh, by the way, I have in a spreadsheet with multiple tabs. Okay. Because now I'm managing the rental business, and it's like, oh, I can make this better and this better, and we can do this, and we can improve customer satisfaction by doing that. And oh, if I have a database of all the customers to date over the last eight years, then I can then ascertain 
what is the trend relative to the number of contracts per year, and what's the size of the families that come, and I can start targeting a marketing campaign to actually then go target those families. So I have literally a prod multiple page list of things that I can be doing to improve the rental business, to and Steve was manage the before, household. Right. He was doing this before, and he's never made a list. Okay. Just keep that in mind. Maybe there's a balance. This I would is, make a list with it's color-coded as well. Charles would not. It's, you know. It's, this is it. This is it. You know? So I'm learning, okay? I'm learning how to do that. Wake up in the morning and think, Tammy, you don't have to go to a meeting today. I technically don't even have to go to the grocery store because now I have a very well-stocked pantry and freezer that's completely organized, labels and all. <laughs> She's been retired a month. Yeah. Really. <laughs> so all the way One month. And so, honestly, it's it's really... I have an herb garden now. Garden right? tomatoes. I've got, yeah, I've got my tomato just garden got planted. Guitar. I've just got a new guitar. I've written multiple songs, I must say. And so it's been a month. <laughs> Actually, it's a little more than a month. <laughs> but I, I, I really do. I think to myself, okay, this is Tammy, and I think that's and that's okay too. But back to the balance. It, I also need to be okay with, you know what? What did I do today? I can't imagine saying nothing. Drank my tea. Wrote a book. Okay, reading the book. Trying so hard to read the book, but what do I do? Listen I to listen the to the book while I'm running errands. <laughs> step one. We're okay, gonna, we're gonna baby crawl into this. Yes. Okay, step one of listening yes. to the book. Yes. Or while I'm climbing the nearest mountain. I love right. that. Actually, I do too. that's one I of my best times. That's my favorite. Is I'm listening yeah. to my book and I'm climbing a mountain. And you know, one of these days maybe I will lay on I can't. I can tell you the number of times in the last ten years I've actually gone out and sat by my pool on a chase lounge and read a book. It's probably I could count them on one hand. Ten years. Okay. I, I just how do you do that? And I try. I'm like, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna lie on my chase lounge today and I'm gonna go and sit in the shade and sip iced tea for five with... minutes. <laughs> yes. And I'm like. <laughs> Me painting. Okay, I better go do that. Oh, I'm gonna make my phone call. Oh, I'm not gonna. <laughs> so you know, honestly, maybe I'm just the kind of person that just doesn't do you that. Like being sort busy, of though. I like being busy too. I'm like that too. Obviously, as soon as I had any spare time, I'm like, I'm gonna start a lifestyle blog. I'm gonna do a podcast. I'm gonna teach yoga. Gonna okay, so I'm gonna learn how to play the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I know. Okay. No so, judgment. Okay, so you asked about advice. I guess the advice is. Um, try to, I would say, dampen that. It's an engineering term, but temper that with, okay, well, maybe chill for a little bit between those things, you know? <laughs> we'll work on that. You <laughs> work. We'll both work on that. But then again, it's, it comes back to, well, what makes you happy, right? And I guess, you know, back to your question, advice is, what makes you happy? What makes you tick? Know what makes you happy and go do that. Yeah. Because for each of us, it's different. And for some people, they would be miserable having, like Steve can't even stand to look at a list. It makes him stressed thinking about having a list. I love my list. I couldn't live without the list. How do you not color code or 
you know, put things down so that you know yes. what you have to do. Yes. That, I, I don't know. I don't know. Charles well, knows. we're going to try something new this year. We're going to be spontaneous and go on a vacation. Are you going to plan to be spontaneous? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I should have started with that. I plan to be spontaneous with my next vacation, which is going to happen on June 23rd. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and then I will be goddamn spontaneous. <laughs> and we just might. Hop in the car and go. Can you imagine? I've never done that. No, I've never done that. Well, and why? Because then you get a shitty hotel because you're late and it costs too much. And then, you know, you run into traffic because you didn't plan ahead. And now you're stuck in traffic. So, for God's sake. Or it's like a French movie and you get caught in the rain and have pizza by a villa with your husband and end up spending all day making love with the Tuscan drops in the background. I don't know. I'm just saying. This could happen. It in movies. Normally <laughs> French and Italian movies. But it does happen. I it does it. happen. I see it. And so, I mean, definitely oh. not American film, but I'm pretty sure yes. I, that could happen. Yes. In general. Well, and you raised a good point about Europeans and Americans, and that's something else I've learned is, yeah, know what makes you happy. Understand the culture you live in. Understand other cultures. And hey, they live. And be open-minded to how to enjoy life. And how to enjoy life. God, they've got that figured out, right? How to enjoy life. You know what I think? You said it upon coming back to the U.S., you felt different as a woman. I think immediately, because I moved back to the U.S. during college, mm -hmm. coming back to the U.S. after living 10 years in Europe, yeah. I felt a shift in what time was. Yes. All of a sudden, I had to get this done. Yes. This had to be all scheduled. That's what it was. It had to that. be. And I grew up in Germany, which is like the most yes. scheduled of the European. Always right? on time. And, you know, I had a couple of years in Madrid, which definitely mellowed it out. But, oh my gosh. It's just so, mm. if you have a two-hour dinner with your family, you have a two-hour dinner yes. with your family. Yes. Go for it. You yes. know, you have to walk because you don't want to take the car and find parking and yell, and it takes 20 extra minutes. You walk. It's Time is different. Time yeah. is different. There wasn't that high sense of urgency. Must go now. Must go now. All Must. Time. All the time. All the time. It's part of our consumer society, too. There's no doubt about it. Must go somewhere. Must buy something. Right? Must consume all the time. Consume. Content. We've got Amazon. Services. Products. It's, you have to consume all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of what has disassociated ourselves. And I think that there's a subculture rising against that. So that's why things like farmer's markets are popping up everywhere and, mm, and people mm, wanting mm. herb gardens mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. are popping up again because I think we went so far in the other direction that there is mm. like a small subculture coming back yeah. um, to that very yeah. uh, European mindset yeah. of, of having more relationship with the people you buy things from. Yes. Especially food, but also clothing and, and goods and services. You know, yeah. It is. Yeah, so that's a good point, Coco, because, yeah, time, that's the other important thing, is time goes by so quickly, uh, and each day is precious. Easy to say, hard to do, but I would also say take time. In your blog, I loved it, the one um, uh, chapter or story or whatnot where you describe, you know, sitting at the dinner table. Yeah. Absolutely, that's been one of my values for my whole yeah. life. You're one of the people. So I didn't have it growing up, yeah. and so that what Steve had it growing up every every single night, 
as you know, with his mother, who's an amazing cook and so dedicated to having that done, six o'clock dinner on the table, um, even if it's eight o'clock, taking that time, sitting and having a conversation and relaxing over your meal instead of ingesting it in the car on the way from point A to point B with your kids or whatever you're doing, so important, so important. The Europeans are so good at that. So I think if, is the conclusion of this, be, be more like a European. That's, that's my conclusion. <laughs> I mean, I mean, seriously, or, or a Latin. Yeah. It's just those cultures. It's you say culture. you know about other cultures. And I think it's, it's culture. because of the time element in the U.S. Correct. We completely forgot. That's why it's okay to yes. eat your breakfast in the car with your coffee after dropping the kids off from school Correct. and all of this craziness where, I mean, it's, it's yes. just breathing that yes. and even someone who is as high functioning and overachieving as you and I both are yes. who want to constantly be doing something productive correct I check it off your list exactly mm-hmm. growing up in Europe and, and having you mm-hmm. and, and my mom having that be such a big deal for us and Europeans such a big deal for them it just always became a big deal for me and it's something I've you know that I don't need to be productive during that time yes I've already been productive making the dinner. We're going to be productive doing the dishes, even though we hate it. Yes. I don't do them, Charles. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. That's the, and maybe it's, I feel like I have scheduled that this is the time I'm going to catch up with husband. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Yes. Maybe it's coming off the list. But I still do it. Well, and I thought, because at the end of the day, you know, of course, they all say, when you leave this world, you take nothing with you, right? The money you made, the house you have, the furniture you have, nothing. And and what do you reflect upon? It's the people. It's the relationships. I I am very gracious about having invested in the relationships that are important in my life. I learned some of them weren't so good investments. Yeah. I've also learned it's okay. It's okay, you know, not to nurture relationships that aren't really uh, serving you or the other person. That's hard. I think that's hard for women, too, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm because we always want to nurture every relationship. And the fact of the matter is you can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't can't be everybody's somebody. Yeah, yeah, and that's okay. So, you know, all the the great relationships um, that I've been able to nurture and the time spent with the wonderful people both at HP, outside of HP, throughout my whole career, um, having the opportunity to work for a company like HP. It's different. It's different now, but so is corporate America. Yeah. I think corporate America is different, and that's why HP is also so different. But, you know, in all, all in all, back to your point about taking time, pausing, uh, reflecting, and have your meals with the ones you love, even if it's by yourself. Sit down, enjoy your meal, and the nourishment it brings you, and where did the food come from, you know, things as simple as that. And when I was in Europe, and I'd been there maybe two weeks, and one of the guys on my staff, uh, he said, Tammy, I need to talk to you about something you know, important. I was like, uh-oh, of course, what am I thinking? What would I do? I screwed up. <laughs> he says, you need to consider coming to lunch with your team. I went, well, what do you mean? He goes, you eat at your desk. You eat your lunch at your desk every day. And people are wondering why you're doing that. It's like, we know the Americans tend to do that, but 
he said, you might every once in a while just come down to lunch to the cafeteria when we go. They have a great cafeteria at the Bovigan office, too. Great cafeteria, beautiful hot lunches. Beautiful. And I said, okay, sure. I, I had no idea. You know, you guys did that. I mean, in America, people eat at their desks Everybody because does. you don't want to waste your time. And so why not get a stomachache? <laughs> while you're eating your lunch. And not, like, see the sun at all during the day. Or see the sun. Or have a conversation with your colleagues that's relaxed and not about business. And I said, well, do we need to talk about the project or, you know, what's the thing? He goes, no. We just talk to each other about our lives. It's it's really just a social time. And then my first thought was, do that's I really want to? That's, yeah. And do I really? It's a waste of time. And do I want to socialize with people that I work with? Hmm. Maybe not. And... I started doing it, and sure enough, I'm so glad he told me that and didn't let me go beyond a couple of weeks because for the next three years, okay, it's 12 o'clock, and you go with your team. The manager goes with their team, and the team all eats together, and you go down to the cafeteria, and you don't talk about work, and you have this great time for an hour having conversation about life. And I realized oh my gosh, when I get back to the U.S., I am not going to eat my lunch at my desk anymore. Well, I felt that miserably because I got right back into it. And when I worked at home, same thing. Steve would have to bring me lunch. There were days I was locked up in my office on phone conferences from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. You know how that is with a global locked position. Locked in your tower, like Rapunzel. Locked in my tower, <laughs> in my beautiful office. <laughs> I know, it's nothing to complain about. But I literally some days didn't have lunch. And so Steve would like, oh, knock on the door. I won't try to bring you lunch because there were meetings scheduled back to back to back. So yeah, that's that's the other advice. Don't schedule the meetings back to back. Be in, be in charge of your own schedule. Don't let other people take control of it because they will in and out. It's too easy. It's too easy to let other people take control of your life and your time. Yeah. Especially with connection of phones and the internet being everywhere, you're always on, right? Mm -hmm. That's why I told you, I haven't actually taken a vacation in almost a decade. That's not Because good. even when I went to Europe to visit mom, yeah. I took meetings, yep. I had my laptop, I was checking email because I could. Even when I was in South Africa visiting Aubrey after the baby, I worked the whole time I was there too. You know, and because you can. Because you can. So easy. So That's the other thing. Don't do it. Don't do it. You know what I did? Mm. Oh, probably in the last 10 years, I consciously went places that had no internet and no cell service. Period. Fiji. I had to go to Fiji. Fiji. Or up to the high Sierras. We'd go fishing up there. And I'd tell my boss at the time, Sakamoto, I'd say, Steve. And he was always very supportive of that. They always not, are. Well, no, not always. Recent management was not supportive of that. And at my level, they typically are not. It's like, you you better be on 24-7 and available and accessible. And when you're on vacation, you need to answer your phone. Or you need to at least check into your email to make sure there's nothing urgent. And I didn't do that. And I said, you know what? I need this time to decompress. And I need this time with my family, my husband, or my kids, or whatever it was. So that's the other thing. You know what? Declare bullshit when they tell you, no, you're going on vacation and you need to be checking in every day. That's not a vacation. And so the Europeans, again, oh, super good about that. Have it right. Yeah. It's like, you know what? It's time to decompress. When I was in Fiji, I met this guy on the scuba diving boat who was coming from Copenhagen and he was taking a three-month sabbatical. And the company he worked for actually provided three-month sabbaticals every five years or something like this, maybe four or five years. Beautiful. 
That is a great, great thing to do. That's yeah. the other advice I'd have. Take a sabbatical. I wished I had. I wished I'd taken more sabbaticals. And I'm glad when I took vacations, I took vacations. So you, you just, and guess what? You know what? When you work for an, a company, especially the size of HP or something analogous, it'll be there when you get back. And guess what? There's enough people who will jump in and help you to make sure that the work doesn't fall through the cracks and the company doesn't fall off a cliff while you're gone. We're not Part saving lives here. We're not. <laughs> and the other thing is we all want to be meaningful. We all want to yeah. make sure that we're worthy. And when we get back and we think, oh, nothing really changed. You they think can survive without me. They can survive without me. Good. Oh, my God. They should. And, and the time is so important to let go. And... And so, yeah, that's why I canceled my camping trip. I was talking about this earlier today. Yeah. Because I realized I was going there because there's no cell service and no internet. And now, that's not a criteria. <laughs> <laughs> I can go stay in a hotel where they have internet. And nobody okay. cares. Nobody's going to be checking in. Yeah. So I'm sure there's countless things that I wished I had said to you that I didn't. Um, because there's so much to say about the career I've had, you know, and the life I've had so far. And I wish I had all this wonderful, amazing advice to not avoid or to not have the same number of pitfalls. Um, no, but I, I think it's important to talk about them now. I think that's the biggest change that's happened since the 70s and 80s when I think sure. about it. My girlfriends and I talk about it. You and I talk about it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm talking to my sister about it. Like, we're having the conversations about what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. Yes. What we're dealing with, where are our career trajectories? Uh, I mean, yes. Uh, most of the women I know now, and maybe it's just my particular circle of friends, but are the breadwinners. Yeah. Um, in higher powered jobs or yep. important jobs, yep. and you know, uh, trying to go through the same things that. You know, you went through, yes. and a lot of the similarities are the same. Yeah, but that's part of the reason I wanted to do this, right? What isn't it great if we can have that discussion with each other? Absolutely. I have one more. Go. Important thing. This yes. is probably the most important thing. What is it? The money. The money. The money. Okay. Yeah, this is important. The money. So it wasn't until the practically the end of my that I started judiciously managing my raises, my bonuses, my compensation, mm. and I didn't do very well at this, even to the end. The credit for the work that like I that. did. Yeah. Okay. Horrible attitude. I'm telling you, and I hate I hate to to generalize and be gender biased in this regard, but I. In my lifetime, and I'll speak for myself, the guys got the credit. The guys made sure they got the credit. The guys took the credit. And the guys made it look like sometimes they did shit. They didn't actually do. So they seized the credit that, that actually wasn't even theirs to begin with. Okay. And then they got and the reasons. I, I must say, I didn't have very many women colleagues who did that. I, I really didn't. And I thought to myself, well, first I would be angry at all of them. And I would literally be in a meeting and I would say something and then another guy would, you know, say it a little bit later and they'd be like, Great idea. I'm like, Hello? Did anyone hear But I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Okay? I didn't say it. I didn't come right out and say, you know what, excuse me. 
Hello, yeah, whoever you are. I made it 20 minutes earlier. <laughs> that was me. Hello. Right? And when it came time for all the performance evaluations and everything else, it was not me tooting my horn. And when I became a leader and a manager, always giving the credit to my team, right? So I don't regret that because it's my value. I just, I'm not the kind of person who sees this credit that's not mine. And I'm not the kind of person who doesn't dole out credit for my team when I'm a leader and give them all the credit and say, wow, look what you all collectively accomplished. And they'd say, no, Tammy, look what you accomplished. And no, 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 no. I'd always take the light off of me and put it on them, right? To the point where I would even weave in an idea that was mine and give someone else the credit for it, okay? And so that's the other thing. Just be cautious about be cautious about that. I And I would say err on the side of claiming the credit. <laughs> yeah. Just err on the side of claiming the credit. And be visible and be vocal about what you do. And make sure people know, including and especially your direct chain of command, so that they know what you're working on. Because otherwise, no one else is going to do that. No, so, that's a very masculine trait. I won't say, you know, male or, or you know, man or woman, but it is a very masculine trait to toot your own horn yes. and to demand compensation, whatever way that Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Bonuses, raises, yes. uh, accolades, whatever it yes. is. And um, I know I'm very uncomfortable yeah. having yes. conversations yes. with I mean, truthfully. Okay, you have to get over that. I know. You have to get over we that. We all have to get over it. Yes, 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 yes. We have to get over it. And and let me say, I because I worked, I had a lot of people uh, on my team over the decades, right? It, it wasn't just the women, but I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt that most all women did not fight for their compensation, okay? Most men did. I had outliers where I would have a guy who's on my staff, and I'd say, okay. How much are you getting paid? Let's say I, I, I take over a new team, right? Have individual one-on-ones with all of them. How much are you getting paid? Most of them could tell me just like that, right? When was your last raise? How much was it? Right away. Some of them couldn't. Some of them. And that was in recent years. And I'd say, okay, shame on you. You should know exactly how much you're paid. You should know where is your opportunity for growth. And how are you paid commensurate with your peer group? in the market that you work in. Always be able to answer those questions. And at HP, I, I was always astounded, and actually it, it disappointed me that managers weren't always sharing all this information with their employees, even with you some, some of the time, right? I still, to this day, ask yes. my boss twice where I ranked in comparison to other people. He was gonna get back to me, going to get back to me, still have no idea. Okay. So to me, and HP has had varying philosophies over the years relative to how much transparency there should be between the manager and the employee relative to their pay and where they land on a pay scale for their market, okay, for their market pay. And it, we flopped over the last 30 years that I was a manager, right, from total disclosure, and at one point the HR manager said, okay, all managers, we have to training. You make sure you tell your employees what their pay range is, minimum, maximum, where they land on it, and then you can talk to them about the next pay range for the next level if they get a promotion, but nothing above that. Interesting. Okay. So the system, the corporation, won't necessarily 
be this open kimono with the compensation. And I can understand why, all right? Because then it starts breeding, oh, discontent, oh, wait a minute, I'm not paid as much as so-and-so, or I'm, not, I'm underpaid for the market, and blah, blah, blah. Well, so if the corporation's not going to fight for your compensation, then you should, right? And there were people who were relentless. And guess what? They got raises. They were the highest paid. Yeah. Because they were open about it like flies on you know what? It was like... You can say shit. Shit. Okay. They were on it like flies on shit. And sometimes it was irritating. I'm like, okay, back off, okay? You're paid well. Shut up, you know? And some of them weren't paid well. But many of them who were the most vocal were paid well. I'm like, okay, you know what? You've got it well. You've got it well, you're paid well, but you know what? Sometimes that wasn't good enough. Those, but those were the ones who, those were the individuals who typically progressed faster and got paid more because they demanded it, because they were obsessive almost about their compensation and making sure that their compensation was maximized. I'm not kidding you. I probably worked 20 years for HP before I even really understood my compensation or understood where I stood on the curve. I was like, oh, thank you. Okay, I'm I so really appreciate that 4% wow. raise. Oh, good. I, I'm going to work harder even. And, you know, honestly, you deserve it. It's coming to you more often than not. You, you, you need to know where you're paid relative to market. And, oh, by the way, that's inside and outside of the company you work for today if you work for a company. Yeah. Because it's a competitive world. And why not get paid competitively? And no one's gonna, no one's gonna make it happen for you unless you do it yourself. So, oh my gosh, women, sit down from day one and have those embarrassing, almost difficult conversations. And it shouldn't be embarrassing, right? To sit down and say, okay, here's how much I'm paid. And oh, by the way, I can't tell you how many people would ask their managers, because I'd go tell them, go ask your manager where you are in your curve. Their manager wouldn't know. So well, that's your manager's job to know that. Yeah, and they may fine. have to go get the information, but it's not that hard to get. So make sure that you know that. And, and then it's so interesting because HP would do surveys on what motivates people. And they're absolutely right. Some of these surveys that we say, it's not all compensation. It's not all money. Everyone's motivated differently, but let's face it, everyone's there because they're making money. If, if we didn't get paid, we wouldn't show up. We're not there because we're right. altruistic and like low right. print to the point that we exactly. would work for free. Exactly. Right? So, yes, some people like public recognition. Some people like private recognition. Some people like the e-award points. But let's face it, everybody likes their paycheck and depends on their paycheck and is relying on their paycheck typically to help support their families. No. And so why not maximize that on behalf of your family even? And the people in your lives who you're also supporting. So I, I absolutely would do that differently. I've talked to Megan about it too. Melissa, I don't need to talk about it because she. No, she's good at that. <laughs> I need to take a class. Yes. Better at that. Actually, yes. She should teach a class she on should. how to get better at that. She should. Because she yes. would be awesome. So that's another recommendation. Yeah, take a class from Melissa on how to demand more compensation. Yeah. I'm going to interview Melissa. I shouldn't say demand more compensation, no. but get what you deserve. I mean, I think having compensation communications, I always felt like you did. I was, I was so embarrassed to even talk about pay because right. I didn't want them to think that the only reason I was doing this was for the money and I don't care about my work or my <laughs> job. I feel like it mm -hmm. diluted my, I don't know, self or my, I don't know, my image or something. Yeah. It's, it's just stupid to say yeah. it out loud. Yeah. I don't know. It's true. It's it true. And I think it's a, a gender specific characteristic, not not 100%. It's some sort of distribution curve, bell curve, whatever it is, right? Yeah. 
where there are the anomalies, the two sigmas, the three sigmas, there are those in the center of the distribution, but at the end of the day, and it's, it's, a, it's probably a word of coaching, and it's for man or woman, but especially for women who don't tend to understand the system to the extent that some of the guys do. No. So, you know, well, why not? Still making 77 cents on the dollar, so maybe every time we get a raise and are getting paid, we just feel grateful for it. You know what? I think you're right about that. And so shame on us. Shame on us for that because... Is the system underpaying women because they are intentionally doing it? How I would love to have someone do a study. They probably have done a study. I'm sure they that have. said, okay, if every single woman in this organization is assertive and almost obsessive about demanding See, but what that's they're worth. Such a big pitfall. If we are assertive and demanding, what do we get labeled as? Bitch. Yep. So Ungrateful bitch. Yep. Where a man, you use that exact word. They're passionate. They're assertive. They're eager. I think it's changing though. I don't. I'm too scared to have the conversation. I wish there was more women up there at the top. It would be so much easier too if my manager was a woman if, to have the conversation about that. Um, you know, I, I think I would, so maybe that's my own personal preference. I think so. Me not feeling yeah. comfortable having the conversation yep. with a man versus a woman, that's my own bias going into yep. it. Yep, 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 yep. Well, and there, there when, I, when I learned as I progressed through the salary ranks, how much money some people make, I was blown away. I thought, oh my gosh, that's feasible? To make hundreds of thousands of dollars? Seriously? And I thought, okay, interesting. I wonder how that's, how you, how you do that. And so, yeah, have a goal, you know. But also you be know careful. You have to know what's possible. So. Know what's possible, right? I mean, wouldn't it be nice if someone sat down and said, okay, here's a VP pay scale, here's a director pay scale, Here's a master pay scale. Here's the various levels of pay scale within HP. And here's the jobs associated with those pay scales. And here's okay. what it takes to go from point A to point B. And we're all recognizing we're not all here just for the money. But let's face it, yeah, a lot of us are here for the most part for the money. So why not know? Exactly. And we all know that there are different lifestyles that are associated. If you're a VP, yeah. you're going to have a lot of lifestyle things you're going to have to give up. Absolutely. And if you're a director, you're going to have a lot of lifestyle things to give up. Absolutely. You know, so I think people then could feel empowered. Yes. And make a flow chart. It could be color coded. Yes. <laughs> yes. To on say, how I was going to get to where I wanted to go based on. It's true. You know, compensation and then time. It's true. You know, it's going to, if you're a VP, it's a hundred hours a week. You know, and um, this it travels with, yeah, and, and you yeah. know, blah blah. Yeah, but you could know, and I, I think that's not feeling empowered to ask the questions. To yeah. So find the sweet spot. Do what you love. Maximize your income while you're doing it. Why not? And take time. Have a lunch. Have a lunch. Speaking of which, let's go have a lunch. Let's go have a lunch. I'm hungry. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Thank you for being on my podcast. I love you. I love you. Thank you all so much for tuning in to part two of Tea with Coco, the European-American interview with Tammy Herr. 
I hope everyone enjoyed this first two-part episode and more to come. Until then, laissez le bon temps rouler and everyone have a great day.